Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for Let's Talk Recovery. My name's Aaron, this is Caleb. We're just grateful just to have you guys with us here today. A um, couple things before we get started. Uh, first and foremost, be sure to check us out on social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Uh, hopefully this is at the top of your list. Uh, um, like, share content, um, all of those things leave us phenomenal reviews. Be sure to get your copy of Pursuing Freedom, um, available on Amazon and look for for the look <laughs> be look on the lookout for the revised edition is coming out. So if you got a copy, be sure to. I mean, that's all on top of what we are. We already have our second edition out. That's right. Um, less than a year later, so always looking to improve. Yeah, always looking to improve. So if you got one, you should get another one um, here in just a little bit. <laughs> And I, he said it, not me. I'm not <laughs> shilling for myself. <laughs> yeah, like, Aaron, you shill away. Yeah, I have no shame. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we've got a recovery roundtable coming up. And so um, that's going to be in January where we're really just endeavoring just to change the conversation of what recovery looks like in your church. Um, so um, if you've got a, a pastor that's different than ours, you know, that's, that's not Pastor Rick, be sure to invite them, let them know about it. Recovery leaders that you may be aware of. Um, we really just... Uh, from the beginning, um, the heart, part of the heart of this has been to shift recovery culture. And so this is one of the ways that we're doing that. Yeah, one uh, of the things on that, too, you know, we should mention is that, um, you know, we're not going to be talking about, like, how to do our program, per se. Like, the, the, the onus on that is about just running recovery ministry in general. So if you, if you want to do a celebrate recovery, we're going to, you know, hopefully help you to do that better. You yeah. Know, or if you're going to do your own program. Or if you, I mean, I'm sure we'll, again show my program a little bit, our program, a oh, little yeah. bit, our book, um, you were going to talk about why that's different. But the, the point of the, the recovery roundtable is to help you run an effective recovery ministry, whatever form it takes, because our goal is not to, you know, like I said, just push our own thing. It's to, is to help, you know, change the, the face of recovery ministries and to help you run an effective recovery ministry, whatever it looks like. That's all we care about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we just want more people reached, uh, effectively reached. And so um, it's going to be good. There's a cost of $30 on that. Part of that's going to cover your lunch. Um, so that, that part's on us. Um, and just some other uh, expenses with running the event. But it's going to be good. Hope to hope to see you guys there. Or hope to see some people you invited. Um, but today, we're going to move on um, with today's topic. And so this is a shift that... Um, you'll actually see in the revised edition of Pursuing Freedom. Um, and uh, I'm just going to do a quick introduction. It's where we've shifted from from sponsor roles. And, and what we want to do is we want to address that today and uh, encourage you and convince you um, in a lot of regards to drop that and to pursue mentorships. And so, Caleb, I'm going to turn it over to you just kind of so you can convey the heart behind yeah. um, why we've done this. Yeah, so you know, in, in in our first kind of version of the, um, well, let me I'm gonna back way up. So you know, when we first started making the shift and decided we're gonna do our own thing, part of part of doing something like that, where um, you, you're you're coming up with something new, especially in I found this especially with church, you know, because there's a lot of tradition around a church, and um, you know, we like to hold on to certain things, you know, like. Uh, hymnal music yeah. or, you know, the King James version of the Bible or, you know, this is like the, the same, you know, songs and Bible versions that Jesus used when he was a kid. It's funny you said <laughs> something about hymns. Uh, you know, last week, Pastor Rick on a Sunday said something about hymns in his service and somebody suggested anonymously that we should bring back hymns occasionally See, it's still to, there. to our church service. So it's, you, you say that as a joke, but it's a real thing. It is. Um, if that was you, you happen to be listening, we got your card. We're not going to do that. Um, 
Well, you know, the thing I, I would love s- you. The thing I, yeah, the thing I would say to somebody like that is like, okay, you know, our church is 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 fairly successful as far as the people that we reach. I mean, um, we 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 run close to a thousand over a weekend, right? I over mean, over over a thousand. We, um, we've averaged about eleven hundred. Yeah, and and you know, we've done all that without using hymns without using or the hymns. King James version of the Bible. So yeah. well, and I think uh, you know our our success as a as a church and as a recovery program. Part of that is based on our ability to adapt. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, you, to reflect kind of the society in which we live, and that doesn't mean we're we're you know of the world, but we're we're in it, right? Yeah. I mean, this is the area that we live in, and this is the culture and times that we live in, and so you know we should reflect that. I mean, yeah. we don't we're not showing up to church dressed yeah. in. You like, always go back to Mars Hills, not Mark Driscoll's Mars Hill, but, <laughs> yeah. but the Apostle Paul right. <laughs> on Mars yeah. Hill. We're not um, showing up in like 1500s Puritan outfits to come to church because that's where, <laughs> you know, anyway, we could go on that little thing for a while. But um, so so with that in mind, you know, when I'm coming up with this program, it's like, OK, there's some things that I definitely want to change about how we do, you know, like how Celebrate Recovery, because when you look at Christian Recovery Program, Celebrate Recovery is the only game in town worth, worth mentioning. We've talked about it before. There's a couple, maybe a couple others out there, but they're, you know, it's, it's Celebrate Recovery. That's all we've got. And Celebrate Recovery is just... Um, you know, uh, we've t- they took the the twelve steps from from AA, and then they added some Bible verses and said, "Look, we came up with a new program," and um, and that's been around for oh, I don't know, what thirty years or so. And um, somebody will fact check me on that, <laughs> but you know that that so coming up with what I wanted to do is like, okay, you know, you can't shock the system too much. You can't throw away everything that people are used to and, and start necessarily new or you, you're, the number of people that you're going to lose is going to be a lot higher than it would be. And so there are certain, certain uh, things about that program in AA program that we've held on to. Um, like for instance, at the end of our Monday night services, we'll, we, we continue to do the serenity prayer because that's something you know people are accustomed to uh we still give out chips although they're branded to us and they're a little bit different in in, um, like our first one instead of a blue chip it's a white chip and it's blank for you to write whatever it is you struggle with or you know we try to make it something a little bit more personal um and then one of the things we held on to was um, the sponsor slash accountability partner kind of framework and lesson and that's no you know it's one of those things that I held on to that was like, I don't know that I necessarily like this idea, but it's what I have right now. And I don't have a better one just quite yet on, on how to do that. And, you know, and, and having support is obviously essential for recovery. But like I said, I didn't at the time. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what else to replace this with. And so <clears throat> what we do teach in recovery is that, you know, we do have to be intentional about our relationships. We have I actually have two lessons in my book about and basically being intentional in your relationships. One is about having, you know, a support program, a support system in place. And in, in the first edition of the book, that was having a sponsor and accountability partners. And then another lesson about getting rid of your negative relationships. And if you've listened to our earlier uh, episodes, you've heard us talk about those things. But over time and talking, you know, I'm leading one of our men's groups right now and um, talking with people, it's like, I, I can hear some of the, the feedback on um, sponsors and, and the difficulties that we have like um, one of the difficulties we have is that it's hard to find sponsors for people you yes. know um, and so uh, you know it's just like you know we, we need to revisit this and come up with a better system and so um, we, we we did I just 
sort of edited that those two uh, lessons in the book, and, and now we've moved to a mentorship program kind of thing uh, or system. And um, so let's see. I'm trying to get ahead of myself. I know this breaking the <laughs> the fourth wall when I'm talking about what I'm thinking. But my brain's not caffeinated either. So. Yeah. While he's thinking about that, I do want to say he was like almost spot on. I was hoping to look up when CR started to really bag on you because you missed yeah. it by like a decade. It was like 1990, wasn't it? 1991. Yeah. So, man, damn, he just hey. missed it by a year. There you go. So... It's within uh, I can remember that, area. but I can't remember what I was going to talk about. That's yeah, great. So. <laughs> That's the first sign of aging, you know. <laughs> um, so, so let's go back. You know, so one of the things I want to talk about, because again, um, like I said, we we hold on to tradition, and so when I first, you know, when we start talking about making a change to things, we always have people that are like, "Well, you know, you can't change that. That's the way. You know, yeah. this is That's the way it's always been. That's the way it's always been." And so, I, I do want to speaking of history. Want to go back to that and talk to so the idea of sponsorship isn't something that you know originated with the disciples, right? Like you know, they, it it originated out of AA, um, and it didn't even originate in the beginning of AA. It actually came on a little bit later, and that <clears throat> basically that um, you know like hospitals that would they would take only take alcoholics if somebody agreed to sponsor them, meaning they would kind of show up and vouch for them in a sense and that's kind of and again somebody may fact check me on that one but i I did read up a little bit on it last last (laughs) night um and and it was almost like you know i vouch for this person i'm gonna i'm gonna be there to make sure that they you know do what they're supposed to do and so before we get too you know uh i don't know i'm not offended but before we get uppity about changing the idea of a sponsor um just know that that's not you know that's not something that's been around forever that's not it's not even necessarily the best way to do something you know that's just the way it's been done yeah, well i'm pretty sure jesus had a sponsor yeah i think it was and, mark um, was it? yeah. yeah matthew and uh, yeah it's simon simon yeah he definitely he had a sponsor. called him every day it was Man, john john sponsored these sponsored peter money and, changers in the <laughs> temple I'm, I'm about to go off on them <laughs> peter's like no jesus don't yeah. remember the steps <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> It's too late. Jesus, Jesus. You just hear his yeah. crashing in the background, yeah, so. turning over of tables. Anyway. But, you know, the the uh, the other concept, I mean, kind of, uh, did we introduce the actual other concept? Yeah, we did. Right? Yeah. yeah, okay. So I don't know what's going on today either. Um, but the <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, you do, biblically, you know, you have, like, I mean, look at the Apostle Paul in Timothy. You know, you have this, this role um, that's laid out in that, and it's of a spiritual father, which is a mentor. So, right. you know, we see that. You know, Jesus was not was not a sponsor to the disciples. He was a, he was a mentor. I mean, that, that that's the type of relationship um, that we see time and time again biblically um, is that of somebody who steps into the role and, and mentors in in aspects of, of life yeah. and. Um, and so in a lot of ways, you know, if you are finding yourself like on the other side of that, like, what are they doing here? Um, let's take a step back. I mean, we've, we've always been up front that we want to make this the most biblically centered, Christ-centered program that we can. That That's our model. Um, and any place we fall short, we want to be sure and to revisit that, evaluate that, be willing to adapt and to change and to, to bring it in alignment with what we feel like um, has been modeled um, not not throughout history, but throughout you know biblical history. Right. Um, so I think that's yeah. really what we've done here. Right, and that was that was my you know uh, push on my 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 program was a uh, spiritual principles. There's you know it's going to actually align. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna um, 
change the Bible to fit or, you know, use multiple versions of the Bible or take it out of context or do any of those kinds of things to make it fit what I want a program to be. I'm going to build a program about, around what the Bible actually says, you know, without having to go searching for a version that matches what I want it to say. Um, not that anybody else has done that. But um, I'm going to, you know, spiritual principles first, but then also what is most effective. What's most effective, you know, like we can, we can look at some science and research that in, in recovery and addiction science and that kind of stuff and say, what's working right now? You know, we've had uh, years and years and years of, of research and, and we're trying to, you know, the secular world is trying to figure out addiction too. And, you know, they're not as successful with it because I, I think, you know, at the heart of those things is the spiritual part of it where, you know, people are searching to, or for something to fill that, that God-shaped hole that we always talk about, and they use substances or, or other behaviors to do that. And so I think that's their struggles, uh, you know, like from the secular standpoint is they've taken the spiritual out of it. And from the spiritual standpoint, we've taken any sort of, you know, scientific look at an approach to that. So I tried to marry those things. And so I always want to have the spiritual principles, but I always want to do what's most effective. And so <clears throat> most effective doesn't mean that, you know, the sponsor uh, framework isn't effective. I just don't know that, that it's the most effective. And so here in what kind of led me to that is here, some of the limitations that we've had with, with the sponsor type framework is one, like we talked about before, is finding people to be sponsors because that's a, that's a big ask of somebody is, hey, I need you to be on call for me all the time and to be there anytime I, you know, uh, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm tempted or, uh, you know, I need to talk or any of those kind of things. Like that is a big ask of, of people. And so a lot of people say no to being a sponsor just for that reason, because they're having to sh shoulder that, that burden all on their own. On the flip side of that, this is what I see too, because there's been such a um, box put around what would allow someone to be defined as that, that I see one person trying to carry 15 people right. because they're the only they're person the only that they yeah. yeah, this is the only person that fits all of this criteria <laughs> to fulfill this yeah, role. Yeah, we've run into that a number of times where we have like, you know, um, especially because we tend to have more ladies go through, uh, it, was, it was the same when we were celebrating recovery, you have more ladies that go through the in-depth study programs than the guys. And so we have all these ladies that are going through the program looking for a woman to be their sponsor. And we're like, well, you know, this person's a really good sponsor, but they've got three other sponsees right now and they just can't, you know, I don't know if they can add another one. I mean, we can ask kind of thing. And then, you know, and the bad part of that is that then all, you know, they all uh, suffer because they're not all getting that person's attention, um, or at least they can't fulfill that requirement the way it's set up for f four to five different people because it's just too much time. So that's one issue we've had. Um, the other thing that you know we got to thinking about is that you're more than just your struggle. And what I mean by that is that you know you're a person that has that have other areas of interest that have um, you know you have relationships, you have uh, you know your financial responsibilities, you have your career, you have, you know, we've talked about this many times that there's not one thing that should identify you. There's a lot of different things that identify you, your relationships, um, if you're a parent, uh, the, and so on and so forth. And one, you know, having one person that can speak into all those different areas of your life isn't going to be a very effective uh, system because I don't know any one person that's really good at all those things all the time. And so, um, well, I mean, I'm just not available. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let me let me talk to Janelle and see what she says about that. Hey, you leave Janelle out of this. <laughs> um, 
so that's an issue is is that you know we're we need to look at look at ourselves a little bit more holistically i think because your struggle affects every area of your life and so you need somebody who can t give you advice in every area of your life that'll give you godly advice um, that that is somewhat more of an expert in in that particular area than you are i mean like we were just talking about uh, beforehand uh car issues and i was telling Aaron I'm a, I'm a YouTube certified mechanic I can tell you how your body works but yeah. I can't tell you how your car works you know and, and I know plenty of you know guys that are the opposite you know they could tell you uh, you know everything you need to know about your car but they they can't understand why you know they are diabetic and <laughs> why they shove you know the 12th donut down their face you know so it's like um, we all are experts at something for the most part and um, but none of us are experts at everything so that's one that's one thing yeah, I know what, uh, you know, um, before ministry, you know, I was in uh, graphics and uh, starting a business. And so there was, uh, you know, there's a couple things I did even moving to that. You know, I had a, I had a great uh, mentor getting me familiar with the graphics industry. That guy was a terrible spiritual counselor. I mean, yeah. he's just one of those people. He, he could give me zero advice about how to walk out a relationship with Jesus. He could give me zero marital advice, you know, relationship advice. He was terrible at all those things. He happened to be a car guy, though. He gave great car advice <laughs> um, if you drove a race car. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, he really helped me to, to navigate some areas of, of, this, of this business I was getting into. into. And so he, he was a great mentor. And so, um, but it was very specialized. It was very direct. There was just this one area I could count on him for. Anything outside of that, man, he, the guy was terrible. He's useless to me. Um, but that didn't mean he was useless because, I mean, he fulfilled a great purpose. Right. And so, you know, again, um, going back to what Caleb said, you know, when we put people in these box, there's, there's so many people that I see people in recovery pass over. Like they have nothing to offer because they don't check all of the boxes. And, and so how are you selling yourself short in that? And, and what are you doing to you, your, your walk, your long-term recovery, because you've discounted people in your life um, that can fulfill great roles. And, and can do so much for you as you um, walk out your recovery, but um, they can't do this one thing, so then they become useless. Yeah. And so then what you default again to the guy that's got 15 other people they're trying to manage, and they can't even adequately provide for you, but you know what? They, they fit all the, all the boxes that you need for your recovery program, so ah, there you go. Yeah. That, that'll work out great. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and that's, that's that was another thing with that. And this was a question that came up in our in my group um, when we were going through this. Was somebody was like, "Well, do you need you know Does your sponsor have to have gone through the same addiction you have, have you've had to do?" And I said, I was told, told him no. And I and, you know, and the reason is is like because um, uh, same thing. It's like you know somebody could you know I I don't come from this background, right? I don't have a history of chemical addiction. You know, I mean, unless you want to count food, like I said, I use food that way, but I don't have a hardcore drug addiction history or alcohol history or, you know, I haven't spent any time in jail. I don't have any of those things that anybody is, you know, typically in this type of program have, you know, they've experienced. But, and yet somehow I was able to, you know, to do a program that so far has been, you know, in the couple of years we've done it, wildly more effective than, than what we used to do. And my answer to the person was, if you had cancer, would you go to a doctor? You, you would only go to a doctor that's got, that's had cancer before, you know? I mean, like, because that's the only effective, you know, they, they, they're not going to understand your situation unless they've been through it. And, you know, and like you're talking about it, it's some, 
in that sponsor program, we, we overlook so many people. It's like, well, they haven't been, you know, they didn't have an alcohol addiction, so they're not in active recovery, so they, they're not technically, you know, a sponsor. You know, they, yeah. your sponsor should, should that, I'm not going to say it because I'm not 100% sure, but I think that's the, I think that that's what's kind of expected in AA is that your sponsor is somebody well, that's i don't know the program definition and it's kind of sad i guess we should just you know as much as i bag on it i just discount so much of it just from the get-go um but i do know this i've had so many people come to me it's like yeah this i really need somebody that then has you know gone through a meth addiction you know because that's what i'm recovering from and i'm like that, that's crap yeah um you, well, you don't need that. Um, and, and oftentimes, you know, if you found somebody who never walked that out, they may be able to provide you with great insight of how do you never become a drug addict, not right. just how do you overcome it. Like, right. I mean, because you, you are you, avoid the downfall. Because you are trying to do what they what they they did, was, which is <laughs> avoid it, avoid it in the, in the, you know, in the first place. Like, you went, okay, you, you went through trauma and didn't turn to drugs? Right. You I mean, can't help like, me. You know, you go to the gym and you hire a personal trainer and you expect them to show up yeah. and be some ripped dude yeah. or chick that's, yeah. you know, in the New York. You were 400 pounds once, right? Right, I mean, because yeah. if you are 400 pounds, I, can you really help me? Right. I mean, I mean, obviously they can empathize better if they, if they used to be overweight and then they, you know, they went through this pro process and lost that weight and Obviously, there's a level of being able to empathize there that, that is helpful, but they don't have to have been through it to be able to help you do what you want to do now, which is, for you, avoid your struggle. Um, and, you know, like I said, in, the, in the, that, that example is to, to lose weight and to, to build muscle. I mean, so, so yeah, so that, that becomes a thing where, where we're discounting people who could be a great help to us in, in our life moving forward. Um, because they haven't they haven't been through what we've been through so that's one thing and then last kind of limitation and this was uh this is a shout out to my guys um because this is this through our discussions was um so what happens if your sponsor becomes unavailable right your sponsor has a you know they they relapse and now all of a sudden the person that you've put all your all your hope into you know or your that that's your main support to help guide you to now all of a sudden they're unavailable now you've got to go find a new one now you got to build a rapport with them and trust and you're obviously going to be less likely to trust because you trusted this last person and they you know slipped up and kind of left you out there to to dry so to speak um and and you're on your own and so um all that came together is like okay we got to come up with a better solution and so i was kind of thinking about um this verse popped into my head and I can't, I probably should have written it down, but there's, it's, a, it's from Proverbs and it's not in the New Living Translation, I, but it, the verse says, you know, uh, there's wisdom in a multitude of counsel, meaning that you're going to get a lot more, you know, there's, there's, it's better to have collective knowledge from multiple people than, you know, a one source, one source of knowledge. And so from that, I thought, you know, what we need to do is we need to have, we don't need to be looking for a sponsor. We need to be looking for mentors. And a mentor is just somebody who can give you godly advice or wisdom in any particular area of your life. And um, with that, with the mentors, you know, you can have a mentor for different areas of your life. They don't have to be somebody who is the expert in everything for you. But um, because I, as I was thinking through this, I was thinking about my life and that's that's how I am. There's... You know, there's certain people I would talk to about, uh, you know, my my marital relationship. If, you know, I'm looking for marital guidance, I would go to that person. Or if I was looking for spiritual guidance, I would go to this person. Or, you know, if I needed help fix my car, I would go talk to my my father. That's, you know, he does that kind of thing, and he would help me with that. But he's definitely not the person I would go to to talk about, uh, 
you know, physical health advice because he is most definitely not the expert in that area. So yeah, Proctor's fifteen twenty-two. Yeah, I looked it up, um, and it's plans go wrong for a lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. That's the new living, um, and so. Obviously, you're probably thinking more of the King James, New King James um, right. with that. The, the version Jesus read. Yeah, the version Jesus <laughs> read. <laughs> um, but, I mean, I love that. Actually, I really like this. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Um, and uh, many advisors bring success. And, you know, really, when you do look at your life, I mean, if you've, you've taken a wrong turn, um, so often it is, uh, you know, because somebody wasn't there to, to help you to say, hey, um, you're about to step into that. Yep. Right, right there. Right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Stop. <laughs> um, and, and so we do we do need that. And there's also Ecclesiastes. It's four. Let me get back to it. And I really like it as well. Um, um, starting in four, verse nine, it says two people are better off than one um, for they can help each other succeed. Um, so, you know, that's like, oh, man, yeah, sponsor right there. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. Um, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Um, so it goes on, though. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. Um, but two can stand back to back and conquer. And again, that's kind of what we've done with uh, having a sponsor. A sponsor, you know, that's that one-on-one -on -one relationship. It's great. Is that better than nobody? Yes. Um, but he finishes it off. He says three are even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. And that plays back into the Proverbs as well, too, um, that there there is, you know, um, wisdom in a multitude of counselors, that, that the more people you have on your side, the more people you have guiding, directing you in a healthy way, um, the, the better it is. Um, now, you know, you don't want to pick up people that disagree with you. It's like, oh, I don't like what this person's telling me. I'm going to go seek counsel that agrees with me. It's not what we're saying here. Don't fall into that trap either. <laughs> yeah. um, but, but find people that fit that criteria. Man, they're going to tell you no. They're going to tell you that you're stupid um, and, and all of the things you don't want to hear. And, you know, if you have six people telling you those things, that's good. Um, but if you have one that's telling you, you go find five that agree with you. That's bad. Don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean that's that should be a red flag. Again, red flags coming up here. Those aren't. It's not a parade. It's just, this is an indication that something bad is happening. Is that if you have the people in your life, if all the people in your life are always agreeing with every decision you ever make, you need at least to diversify the people in your life. I'm not saying get rid of those other people, but you need people that are going to come push back against you because you are. I hate to tell you this, and my wife will tell me this when she listens to this episode. What I'm about to say. You are not always right. <laughs> She's going to be like, you said it. Because <laughs> I always say I'm always right. Yeah. But you are not always right. You don't always make the right decisions. And Janelle people... will never catch me admitting that. So. <laughs> yeah. But you need to be able, you know, you need to, and you're, you're not going to think you're making the wrong decision, but other people outside of your situation who aren't, you know, emotionally invested in what's going on with you, uh, I mean, well, they're emotionally invested in what's going on with you, but they're not invested in whatever decision you're about to make. They're going to be able to look at you and say, hey, I don't think that's the wisest thing for you. And if you don't have people telling you that from time to time, um, then you need you need better friends. I mean, so and that's and you need mentors. And that's what this that's what this is for. And, you know, and so part of this is. <clears throat> You have to look at the different areas of your life, like I was talking about, you know, spiritual, relational, financial, physical, and think about your friend circle and think about, okay, well, who, if, you know, if I had 
a financial, you know, I needed some financial advice. Who in my circle would I trust to go ask? Now, the, the caveat here is, okay, you may go ask your, your best girlfriend who's, you know, working, you know, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but just hear me out here, that's working, you know, McDonald's at $12 an hour and goes out and buys a bunch of brand new clothes and is always, you know, barely making ends meet. You may go ask, you may think, I'm going to go ask this person. That That is not where you want to go get your financial advice. Again, this needs to be people who have had success in these areas. So who in your circle has had success financially? Do you have somebody who, you know, has ran a, a, a successful business or invest money or, you know, seems to be wise about how they handle their finances. Do you have that person in your life? If not, maybe start intentionally going around, you know, trying to, to build relationships with somebody that, that maybe has that expertise. Um, you know, same with, like I said, health-wise. Like, again, if, if you and your friends are all the same, you know, level of health and you're trying to get healthier, they're not the person to ask about that. Yeah. Um, I had, when I was in my bachelor's degree is in nutrition, and we had one professor who was uh, fairly overweight, you know, and you're just like, sent <laughs> <laughs> to her class, and, and we all thought the same thing. We're like, okay. Of course, now, you know, here I sit somewhat overweight, but I'm not trying to teach people necessarily how to, how to eat healthy. Now, people ask me, and I'd be like, okay, I can tell you what to do, you know, like, I know I'm not the perfect example of that. I can just, I just know how bad the things I eat are for me. That's all. <laughs> but, um, you know, what I'm saying, you, you want to look at those areas in your life, different areas of your life and say, okay, who do I know that, that is more of an expert in this, this area than I am? And if you don't have those people, we need to start filling in those gaps. Yeah. Um, and it, it really is. It's, uh, I mean, it's important that we seek them out. I mean, we should always endeavor to grow whether you're actively walking through our program or not, um, I mean, this is really a concept that it's, it's, it's for everybody. I don't, I don't care who you are. Yeah. You need to have these people in your life. Um, and, and you need to have a lot of them and, and really begin to evaluate each area. Who's there? Who can you rely on? Who can you call upon? Um, because troubles come. You know, it's, Things might be going great in your finances right now, but at some point that may not be the case. So who's going to be that person um, that helps you to navigate that? You know, your relationship. You know, it's it's. You know, if you got a solid marriage, man, I'm happy for you. Um, I have a solid marriage. You know, and with that comes um, areas of turmoil. You know, that's it's not like that 24 seven. There's there's times that we need to navigate things, and it's best to already know who that person is that you can call upon to help you through that season, rather than scrambling to try to find them as you drowned. And you know, <laughs> it's it's important, um, and, and that's what. This is one of those things that sets successful people apart from people who barely skate by and um, are like holding on by the skin of their teeth type of thing um, is the people that they already have in place to help them to navigate things. Um, and, and I don't care who they are. I mean, you, you look at, I mean, think of the greatest person you can think of. I mean, it can be outside of Christianity or not, but those people that, that you look at, man, they were tightened in this area. They had people in their corner that helped mm -hmm. them to get there and helped them to navigate that. Um, it's this is not a 
unique thing to recovery. Shouldn't be a unique thing to your life. I hope this is not the first time you're really even thinking about this concept. But if it is, I mean, I want to encourage you to put effort here. Find the right people that are going to help you to have success moving forward. Um, I know with my spiritual walk, you know, I obviously I took a, a crazy route even to a pastoral role. That's that's so much different than um, what culture says I need to do um, today. And the reason that I have success is because I had mentors along the way, people who really walked it out with me, who pointed out areas of failure where I was missing it, um, and on the flip side that I listened to <laughs> in those areas um, to help me to still arrive to the place I needed to be. Um, and so that that's what we want to get you to um, in, in your life is, is just really recognizing the importance of this and again they need to be where you want to go um, yeah. that that's the thing it's can't be like oh man yeah been, we've been friends for 20 years you'll you'll do fine no man find the people that are where you want to be that that have what you want to have um you know if somebody's divorced and sleeping around they're not great for marriage advice you know yeah. stop going to your girlfriends or your, your buddies <laughs> at the bar to been um, divorced three yeah, times yeah to navigate hey, those what do you things think about this <laughs> potential mate for me oh yeah that'd be great man yeah yeah <laughs> She's hot. Yeah. <laughs> she marry her. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but you know, um, you know, and the, and the added benefit of this is that not only are you looking for, I mean, obviously you get the benefit of having somebody in your life that, that is an expert in, in hopefully or at least knows more than you do in, in this particular area, but you're building friendships, right? And you're building a, a support team. Um, so again, you're not looking at just one person. To, to hold you up as you go through your recovery. So, um, you know, not only you're, you're not just, you know, trying to milk these people for advice you, if in their particular area, you're, you're building friendships. And so then when, when things are getting tough for you, I mean, these are just people that are going to be your friends, right? And then you're going to be, um, hey, missed you at church on Sunday. Hey, missed you at recovery yeah. on Monday. Hey, what are you doing? Let's go hang out. You know, this is a group of people now that hopefully are positive influences in your life that you can go hang out with instead of your ride and die homies that uh, introduced you to, to meth 30 years ago. You yeah. know, I mean, that's obviously a hidden benefit here that they're going to be doing that. And then not only that, um, you know, if you're still kind of hung up on the sponsorship idea, a mentor can, can still fill that role in, in some regard as, as somebody, you know, that you would trust to call when you're struggling um, with temptation or, you know, you're maybe going to do something that you know you're not supposed to and you need to just, you know, have them talk you back down or, um, you know, you just, this is going to be somebody that you can call to say, hey, I, I need to be with somebody right now so I'm not going to go do something stupid. I mean, that, yeah. that kind of stuff. A mentor can can serve in that role, but... Again, if you have a, a multitude of mentors, you're not going to be burning out that one relationship. And those, you know, that one person's going to just stop taking your calls because you call them at 3 a.m. You know, five nights in a row or something like Drunk that. Drunk or something. Yeah. Um, so, so, so that's another benefit. Um, and the other thing about a mentor uh, that I wanted to mention is too is that a mentor doesn't necessarily have to be somebody that is in your life. And so the example I have uh, down is. Um, a lot of people in church, especially, are, are familiar with Dave Ramsey. He's a, a financial uh, advisor, person who did uh, financial peace. A lot of people, in, uh, again, particularly the church world, have gone through uh, Financial Peace University, which is a program to help teach you how to manage your money. You know, how many people he has helped improve their financial situation, and he has never met any of them. Yeah. But because of what he, you know, the information he puts out there, and he. You know, he he bases it on um, some godly principles. Um, he's been able to mentor a lot of people financially, and so 
Now, don't let that be an excuse to just like surround yourself with a bunch of, of books or online gurus, quote unquote. <laughs> and like, I don't have to go and, you know, build relationships with anybody. And that comes from me, you know, which no. is saying something is the, <laughs> the, the introvert in the room where I'm, I'm good with like two friends. Um, you, you have to get out and interact and have people in your life. But I'm just Both saying. Both those friends are his wife. That's, that's right. Weird, yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My wife and Dave Ramsey. That's it. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, you have to get out and you have to build, you know, friendship relationships and those kinds of things. But if there is, in the time being, you know, you just can't find somebody, you know, that that you struggle with or, uh, you know, in a certain area, finding a person that can give you that advice. Obviously, somebody can mentor you through, you know, their writings or their teachings or their and so on and so forth. So don't just limit to your own friend group. Yeah, and I do like that. You know, uh, you know, I speak publicly. Um, and, and that's what I do. And, and even in that, you know, there's been um, there, there's guys that that I kind of look to to learn things from that that I've never met. I probably will never meet them in that regard. But um, because of what they've modeled and because of what they do, it's somebody I can look to to to, to say I want I want to be like that. Um, this, this fits me, fits what I'm doing, um, and and I like that. And to draw from this single aspect of their life. Um, well, that is that is a mentorship in a sense, and and so that's just kind of again what Caleb's talking about there. That it's something we can learn from. Not all your people can be that, but it, it's good. I encourage you to find those people as well. In addition to those personal relationships, it's been immensely beneficial for me, especially um, from a professional regard. Of man, this is what I'm pursuing. What can I, I learn from this person who has national platform and, and wild success? Um, in, in reaching people the way I want to reach them or doing what I want to do. Um, and so it's just, it's intelligent, again, to, to find as many people, many resources that, that help you to get where you want to be. Now, the one thing that um, <clears throat> Aaron touched on it just a smidge uh, a minute ago, in that one thing that I did not change about this particular lesson in the book is that we have responsibilities in in this mentor-mentee relationship. And our responsibility is to be willing to take honest feedback and constructive criticism like adults, not get our feelings hurt if somebody says, hey, you know, you're being stupid, or hey, that's not the wisest thing to do, or hey, you know, this this guy or gal that you think is the, you know, your next future ex is, uh, is not good for you. And we can't get offended by those things. We have to be going, you know, we have to be willing to take that, you know, advice. And, and you know, you don't always have to agree with it. I'm not saying that your mentor, mentees, are, or sorry, your mentors are always right per se, but you need to at least be willing to listen and digest what they're telling you and to think about it and, and to determine if that, if it actually is the right thing or not the right thing without getting all upset and uh, I just I don't talk to them anymore because yeah. they don't tell me but I like that I, I mean hear. they may not always be right um, and so that's a great opportunity for uh, conversation yeah. um, that, that's what's great about these relationships is you can talk to them and say I hear you saying this but this is kind of what I feel and, and and go back and forth that that's kind of how that functions and let's have a conversation and bounce ideas back off of each other and um, maybe you'll help them to grow <laughs> maybe they yeah. are wrong yeah. um, but Either way, you'll grow just having the honest conversation with somebody. Right. Well, and that's the thing. You know, the more you talk through, you know, okay, this is what I think. Okay, well, this is what I think, and it's, it, those things are in conflict. Then, if you talk through those, then you have to, you know, have a, a, 
you have to defend your position. And if, if it's a right decision or if it's, you know, if it's a non-defensible position, then it's probably not the right one. Um, I mean, you know, Pastor Rick and I, we'll, we, have, we have disagreements on things, not all the time, but I mean, more than you probably think about. And those aren't, you know, we're not, they don't turn. I'm not be, surprised. I've met Rick. No. <laughs> yeah. I have to tell him he's wrong a lot. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, those things don't turn into shouting matches. There's a, there's a hey, I think, you know, what do you think about this? Uh, well, I, I don't think that's the right thing, and here's why I think that, you know, and I, I'll explain my why I think, you know, it should be something else. And he'll be like, well, what about this? And, uh, okay, well, you know, and we'll, and we'll go back and forth, and we'll have a back and forth uh, conversation about, well, you know, each trying to defend our position or why we think that, and sometimes we change each other's minds, sometimes we don't, and sometimes I, you know, I have to be like, okay, well, you know, I'm not the one who's going to, be responsible for the ramifications of the, the, the decision so it's easy for me to sit here and say you should do this as yeah. a pastor of the church but I'm not the one answering the emails you know so I get why you may want to do your you know so yeah. I mean that's that's maturity that's that's having a discussion and that's how we grow and develop as people um, by having you know productive disagreements but you have to be willing to to take that take advice from those people and either a act on it that's the other thing is like, you know, you go to your mentor, hey, what do you think I should do? Well, I think you should do this. And then, and it, and it's sound advice. And then a week later it goes by and you're like, the mentor checks in, hey, has that situation proved? No, not really. Well, did you do this, the thing I asked you? No, I didn't do it. Okay, well, after about the fifth time of that, they're gonna stop giving you advice. You know, if you, if you ask them for advice and then fail to act on it when it's right for you to do, um, they're just gonna stop doing it. You know, and yeah. that's your responsibility too. Is is one you have to take advice as as an adult, be a be a big person, not get your feelings hurt. Then two, if it's if it's good advice, you got to act on it. If you want to change your life, you have to change your life. And if you're going to have these people surround you to give you good godly advice, and then fail to do anything with it, that's on you, and that's your responsibility in a mentor mentee relationship. Is that you've got to do something. You've got to make changes. That's why you have these people in your life is to help you become a better person. And they do that by giving you advice and then you doing something with that advice. You know, financially, you're not. You know, you, you have some investment guru that says, "Hey, you need to put your money into Tesla because I, you know, have the insider tip that they're going up or whatever." And then you don't do it, and then you know you miss out on like a 200% increase. I'm just making up numbers here, but you know, and then you'd be like, well, I don't have any money. It's like, well, he told you what to do or she told you what to do and you didn't do anything. You know, you trusted this person to give you that advice and you didn't do anything. And then you're upset that nothing changed. Like that's, but that's a common, common issue. Whether you have mentors or sponsors is that we see it all the time where they're like, well, I've tried nothing and I'm all out of ideas, you know, yeah. I've done nothing to, to make my life better and it's not any better. I can't figure out what's going on. So, um, you know, regardless if you're, if you're having that sponsor uh, framework that you're working in or you're doing a mentor type uh, framework that you're working in, you have a responsibility in that relationship as well. And that's to, to be a grown up and to, to actually do something with what they tell you. Yeah. And it is, uh, I mean, this is part of being a grown-up, you know, picking up some mentors, following some people, endeavoring to change your life. Um, you know, everything we do around here is, is action-oriented, and this is action-oriented. Action you, you'll have to put in the work to find the people who fit the criteria that that will help you to get where you need to be. Um, and it is kind of one of those things. It's it's all about putting on your, 
big boy pants, big girl panties, and, and uh, man, doing the work. Um, if, if you want to change, like Caleb said, you got to change. You want to change your life, change your life. Um, I think I butchered that. I can't remember. What is it you saying? You say no, that. No, that's just pretty much it. Yeah. I know it's it's yeah. overly simple. Yeah. If you want to change your life, you have to change your life. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> if you don't make changes areas. in your life, you're not going to experience changes in your life. Like, it's, yeah. It's, uh, and this is part of it. Um, it's it's biblical. It's sound. Um, I, I hope, you know, my prayer for you, and Caleb's prayer for you is that, um, that you'll listen here. We don't know everything, um, but... Man, I would argue that we know this right here. We've we've both walked this out, continue to walk it out um, in our lives, and to find those people that that will encourage us in the directions that we need to go as we pursue what God has for us. Um, but I think that wraps it up for the day. Yeah. yeah so we I do want to anything else up. I yeah. Think, yeah. <laughs> um, I want to encourage you if you didn't catch last week's episode, be sure to go and check that out. Um, we we kind of tackled the question: Can we recover? You know, can we can we be different in next week's episode? I'm even more excited about than that one. Um, we're talking about conflict, and as a um, a D personality type, um, which does not stand for what you was, think it does. I was about to ask you, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's very apropos. Yeah, I know. It's uh, whoever did the DISC. I think they did that on purpose. So but. I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not a. I'm not a D. I'm yeah. not in that. Whatever that is. Yeah. Well, I I'm, am. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a uh, what's the Myers Briggs? I like. I like more letters that can't be taken the wrong way. I do, I do too. That's what and I like. uh, I'm an entrepreneur in that. I forget what it is. Like an ESTP something. I'm an know. INTJ, yeah. which is like very rare. Yeah, rare one. Mine's very rare for the extroverts. Yeah, yeah. It's um. We're both weirdos. Yeah, this uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, if you're into the witchcraft of the enneagram, um, <laughs> you know, which, which I, I have something to say about. You just that. offended. Yeah, ninety percent of the females that listen to us. Lord, I hope so. Um, we're going to have to do an episode uh, you know, on that. We do because I just want to point out all these people take that as a personality assessment. Oh, they do. And it's like, oh, you're an Enneagram. I get called an Enneagram 8. And so the, the Enneagram, I just want to point out right now, I'm going to take this opportunity <laughs> that if you're that person that you think that's a personality <laughs> assessment, it is not meant to evaluate what people do outwardly. It's all about inward motivation. And yeah. so your inward motivation may be something that presents itself as something else because, um, yes, I present myself as an eight, but my inward motivation is not an eight. It's a seven. So. Present you my number one. Yeah. Or my <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, number. yeah, yeah, I know that's, that's the thing too. I hate it. Cause when people like classify, oh, yeah. they're just doing that. Cause they're a nine. You're just being a nine. Yeah, yeah. You're being a six. Maybe. I don't even know yeah. what any of those are. Maybe they're just a DB. Yeah. <laughs> That, that's on the D-I-S-C-B. Yeah. C-B. Yeah. That's D-I-S-C-B. Yeah. It's a subtype. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. so be sure to check out next week's episode on conflict. It's going to be fun. Um, yeah. But as always, man, uh, go back. Uh, look for us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, just our content there. Again, we're going to have some stuff dropping about our recovery roundtable on there. It's going to be great. Um, um, so cost is $30, provides lunch, um, and hopefully some insight into to recovery ministry for you, for your pastor, for um, your leaders. If you go to church here, maybe you can learn something from us to, to help us even. Um, how profound would that be? <laughs> <laughs>
Um, but it's going to be good. Check us out wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Um, you know, maybe you found us on YouTube. I want you to know we're on Apple, Google, Spotify, all of those um, awesome places too. Like, review, share, um, do all that. If you have any needs, um, complaints, comments, things like that, you can reach us at info at cedarpoint.church. You can call the church office at 918-283-2221. And if you just need resources, man, we would love just to get some things in your hand to help you to grow and to pursue all that God has for you. But man, we'd love you guys. Um, Thanks for joining us and we will see you right back here next week.